2: Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm your host, Sean Smith, founder and editor of GoBigBlueCountry.com, joined as always by my good friend Derek Terry and co-host from the Catspaws. Derek, how are you?
1: Doing well, Sean. How are you doing?
2: Doing well, Derek. I think we got the hang of this thing now, especially with the intro and everything.
1: Getting a little bit better.
2: <laughs> well, Derek, Derek, oh, Derek better we got, got a... Four? Uh, Episode four. Yeah, episode cool. four now. We're moving on up, and numbers keep going up. That's the good thing. And yes. they're going keep... to keep – Thank
1: you to everybody who's been listening. Uh, we yeah,
2: really and, and they're going to keep going up, especially when Apple finally uh gets us on there. Hopefully that's coming soon. I thought we'd already have it, but as soon as that happens, we're going to get some some more traffic, I think, because people will subscribe and get it to their phone with their podcast player if they want to listen to. And regardless of what player you listen to our podcast on, you will want to hear what we have coming tonight. Uh, Nate Sestina, former Kentucky men's basketball player, is going to join us. Derek, I texted him yesterday, and I think he got back to me within five minutes. He was like, yeah, name a time, and we'll make this thing work. Uh, Really solid interview. Derek, I know that's somebody that we both talked to in the past. Just uh, give your thoughts to preview what you think that he'll talk to us about when he gets on here.
1: Well, first of all, in the business, uh, you appreciate guys like Nate, um, someone who always makes time for the media and someone who uh, handles the media very well. Because you don't always get that from young people. Although in the in the UK basketball uh, world, he was a grizzly veteran. He's like his fifth year in college or whatever. He's probably not that. I'm probably not that much older than he is. But uh, no, you know, Nate. I think you're going to get you know get some good stuff about Kenny. You know, he's a big man who. Spent a lot of time with Kenny, and, and you you know, you hear guys talk about it, not just Nate, but other guys. Guys accelerate so fast uh, at UK in that one year that they're here, and I think you'll hear a lot about that, uh, the transition from, you know, being a a good player in the Patriot League versus how much work it had to take uh, to be a good player in the SEC, and and along those lines, how much can he help them get to that?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about Kenny Payne and what Kenny Payne meant to him, and sort of what his absence leaves at Kentucky. I mean, it's huge shoes to fill, regardless of who it is, if it, if it ends up being Bruiser Flint, for sure. You have to think, though, that whatever happens at Kentucky, it, it's going to be fine. I I don't know if you saw what Kyle Tucker put up today, but he was talking about the names, you know, that Tony Barbie and Joel Justice had recruited to Kentucky and stuff. There were some big names on there. It's, it's not like that, you know, the two guys that are left there can't do their job and can't recruit. I expect them to go to another level, but – I think Nate, somebody that's been in this program for a year, he'll be able to give us some insight on just what were some of the things that Kenny Payne did. And on the other side of that, how valuable is Joel Justice and Tony Barbie? I mean, we, we get told some things and we know some things, but who better to tell it than a guy that's lived it for a year?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, what you're talking about with, with Barbie and Joel, I mean, they they don't really have a choice. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be the, the returning guys on the staff and – I think I don't know what Tony's future aspirations are, but I certainly think Joel Justice is someone who wants to become a head coach. He's been rumored for head coaching jobs. I mean, what better opportunity you have now than you know? People you kind of when you would talk about UK's assistants, Kenny was probably the first name that come off, but now it could be it could be Joel and, and the job that he's doing. So I think this will be a big year for him. Maybe the next two years, however long he's he's still on Mike's um, these will be good years to add to his resume before he becomes a head coach.
2: Yeah. Well, Derek, uh, the listeners that listen to this podcast, they, they heard our voice for the entire episode last night, and there will be episodes like that. But tonight we have a big-time guest, and I don't think we should waste any more time. What do you think? Let's it. All right, here's an interview with Nate Sistina coming right up. Welcome back everyone to Kentucky daily as now we're joined on the phone by former men's basketball player, Nate Sustina. Nate, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, Nate, we got a lot to unpack in this interview, but I think we should start off with a little bit of an update on what's going on with you. I know you've been training nonstop since the pandemic hit and since you left Kentucky. So give us a little bit of an update on where things stand with you right now.
0: Uh, I was, you know, I was in California for a little bit and then, uh, I got to go home for like two weeks, visit mom and dad um, and see them, help them out around the house. And then I came back to the Bay Area and then uh, an opportunity really presented itself and kind of opened up for me to to come to Las Vegas and train um, at at Impact Basketball Gym. And um, I've been here for like the last two weeks. It's been going really, really well. Um, Stepping outside my comfort zone, you know, putting the ball on the floor a little bit, guarding guards, playing five on five, all that. Uh, just really trying to round out my game as best as I possibly can, having an being a rookie somewhere. So um, just it's it's been great. And uh, that's actually awesome because Ashton Higgins is out here too. So I've been seeing Ashton every day. And it's just like just like school. He's the same kid. He's, he's goofy. He's funny. He cracks me up. But uh, he's working really, really hard. And he's really improved too. So I'm excited
1: for him. Hey, you're talking about being out in Vegas. Just typically uh... – you would have known in a normal world where you'd be by now, but you're still no NBA draft yet. I'm assuming nothing overseas has has happened yet either. So in this time of uncertainty, kind of how do you, how do you handle your business right now?
0: Honestly, just I I go day to day. Um, Really just, I I focus in on what I'm trying to do. Uh, I, I have daily goals, you know, make a certain amount of shots at at each spot in my workouts or, you know, increase something throughout, throughout my workout, whether it's lifting, whether it's, Playing, whether it's just just working out or shooting, I, I need to improve on one thing each day, and uh, I, I, I kind of keep my head th- head on straight that way, and, and
2: it's really been beneficial for me. Now, Nate, the news broke yesterday that KP Kitty Payne was headed to New York to join the Knicks as an assistant coach, and I saw multiple players, including you, you know, share messages on social media about you know the year that they had with KP because most players that come to Kentucky. They just have that one year. Some get to mm-hmm. Looking back on it, what did that year mean to you, working with Kenny Payne? Oh, man. Uh, it's going to sound
0: corny, but it's life-changing. For like, for me, um, you know, on my official visit, he was a, a, a big reason why I, I committed. Um, it had nothing to do with, you know, the glitz and the glamour and all the, the shoes and all the gear. It was the how hard are you willing to work, to achieve your dreams and how hard are you and how far are you willing to go? Um, you know, this, this pandemic hits and it's the, the strong will survive. Like how hard are you willing to work to you know chase after that dream? And when, when I got there and he asked me that, and he's like, you know, you want to take care of mom and dad and you want to be a professional basketball player. Like, are you like his thing? And it, it was, it was funny. He's like, are you willing to die for it? And it sounds corny, but it's like, how, like I said, how hard are you actually willing to work? And, you know, we I sat next to him at dinner, and he was asking me questions about it, and just that, that consistency. And then when you get to campus, like, it's not just talk on your visit. It's it's real. As soon as you get on campus, like, boom, you're right into it. And and he pushes you, and he makes you step outside the, the zone. And the the dude, he, he changed my life, and he changed my family's life, and, and just – his interactions with my mom and dad when they would come to games, it's just, it, it really is a family, and before I left, he told me that, and he told me that I was I was a family member for him, and, and that just, that meant a lot to me, because family's big for me, and um, I texted him, and I, I, I gave him a call, he, I was like, this guy's phone's probably blowing up, but I shot him a text, and he texted me back this morning, and was just like, thank you, like, it's a big time step for me, but, and then he was just like, love you, kid, keep going, so, it means a lot to me, and it means a lot to my family, but New York Knicks, got a, they got a great one.
1: Nate, I know you've not been gone for just a few months, but so it might be kind of a hard question to answer right now. But whenever you do kind of reflect on your time at UK, just how much is Kenny a part of those, those memories and those experiences? He is, he's
0: probably about 90% of those memories. He's,
1: he's the man.
0: He, you know, every day pushed you in some aspect, whether it was in practice or in how hard are you willing to go in the weight room you know, how hard are you willing to go on workouts or individuals? Uh, and and he's just a man. And, and I said it before, but every time I talk to somebody, I have a KP story that comes up. And people ask me about Kentucky, what was it like? What was? And he's probably one of the first things that comes out of my mouth, just talking about him. He's he was a big part of everything. And obviously Coach Callis, Coach Bard and, and Joel, and, and Robes and everybody. But, you know, I was with KP, and I worked out with him every single day. And – got better every day. So when it comes to him, like probably, like I said, 95, 90% of my memories or my like reflection is on those workouts or, you know, those practices.
2: And I guess that leads me into, you know, Cal gets the big bucks. You know, that's, that's who John Calipari is, but Kenny was right there behind him for the, the fans that don't really know a whole lot about what goes on behind the scenes. KP was there from 2010 till now a full decade at Kentucky. It's kind of rare for anyone to be there that long. What exactly was KP responsible for, other than just working with the bigs? And then he, he I'm sure he did a little bit of recruiting, but what were some of the things that Kentucky's going to miss that KP did? Maybe some of the extra things he probably his job didn't require him to do.
0: Mm-hmm. The building relationships. It wasn't just, you know, coach and player. For me, it was like a like a dad away from being home. And I know he was that for a lot of people or an uncle, you know, and a father figure outside of just being in the gym, like if anything happened, I could have always called him or texted him and he would respond or he would, you know, he'd, he'd stop by the lodge or he'd sit down and talk to you in a locker room, ask how everybody was doing in the family before he asked anything about basketball. And that's something that that I think goes a lot farther than just being a coach. And Coach Cal is the same way. My coaches at Bucknell were the same way. It really is a family, and that's one thing that that KP, you know, he really brought with him was everywhere he went, he built relationships that last. Look at any player that's played under him that they only have, other than him, you know, pushing them and having crazy workouts, they only have good things to say about him, and, and you know why. And like you said, like Coach Cal gets paid big bucks, but, you know, very deserving and so is KP because it's everything that's outside of the camera, outside of everything that is captured that really pays off and really comes out and you can see it, all the hard work the extra reps, the extra sprints, the running all that stuff, that dang treadmill I tell you what that's a, oh my gosh, gives me PTSD thinking about it but that that's what I think he's leaving behind
1: uh, along those lines, uh, UK's had so many guys um, play professional basketball, whether it be the NBA or somewhere else, and you get a lot of those guys who come back in the offseason just to train with Kenny. Uh, had you planned to do that? And with with him gone, do you think that kind of might take a hit, knowing that Kenny's no longer here, or do you still expect some of the guys who who played at UK to, to still return in the offseason and, and work out there?
0: I think, you know, but it was, it was a, a plan of mine to, to come back for –
1: a week or so and
0: and get some workouts in with them Um, just because I know how beneficial it is. And I know he knows how hard guys work and he knows when guys don't work hard. So having him on your side during a process like this is so beneficial. Um, And I think no matter where he is, people will flock to him and, and use him as a resource. And whether he's in New York or whether he's in Lexington I'm going to ask him where he's at sometime, and I'm going to try to get some workouts in with him. Hopefully there's no treadmills near there, but uh, no, for sure. He His workouts are notorious, but they're notorious for a reason. I mean, look at the guys that have worked out with him and come back in the offseason. They're some of the best NBA players in the game today, and they're some of the highest-paid NBA
2: players as well. And now what's left on staff there, it's, it's still a really solid staff, Nate, and I think that's what I want you to talk about next is – Kentucky fans, I guess when they woke up yesterday morning, they sort of feel like, oh, no, the sky's falling. KP's been a staple on that sideline with Cal for 10 years. Tell us a little bit about Joel Justice, Tony Barbie, and what's there. Those guys have done their part in recruiting in recent years, in game prep. Just give BBN a little bit of insight on what they can expect from those two. And, you know, Kentucky basketball is still going to be Kentucky basketball.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you still have the best in the business at the helm of everything as well. Like, Coach Cal's still there and he is still the best and and that's just that's like the point one or point point A, whatever it is. Like and then when you look at when you look at Joel and Barb, like Coach Barbie helped me out so much with defense this year. And it wasn't even just in practice. It was the questions outside of practice. Film, how can I get better? And it wasn't just how can I get better? And he would tell you, like, if it, if you didn't do what he had talked about in practice, he's going to let you know about it. So that's what I like. It's a it's a mentorship every single day. And Joel's the same way. He's so thorough and so in-depth with his scouts. Like, you know everything about each player, what they do well, what they do poorly, how to force them into certain situations. You probably even know their mom's birthday by the end of the scout. I'm in, in so in-depth. But they both also create relationships – outside of basketball. I mean, Barbie recruited me when I opened up my eligibility. So if it wasn't for him, you know, I I wouldn't have been there. So I got to thank him for that. And I remember I was leaving the airport to to fly back home, and he's like, so what's the verdict? And I right, I was like, I'm in. Like, I am 100% in. And I just he, – he played a big part in everything as well, just talking about how much better I can get and how much better I need to get to be a pro on the defensive end of the floor because I had the, you know, the the little intangibles with talking, being in the right spot. But, like, can you sit down and guard somebody? And I know I struggled with it at the beginning of everything because there's a big-time adjustment from the Patriot League, the SEC. But I felt so comfortable and so confident at the end of the year going into the NCAA tournament before everything got shut down. And and Joel had a big part in that, too, like getting in extra workouts with him, just shooting, just getting reps up. And I think Kentucky basketball fans need to, to really think that, you know, you are losing KP, but you still have two of the best assistant coaches in college basketball on your staff. And they are – the. and Joel's still young, too. That's what's he, – he won't say he's young, and hopefully he, he hears that and he'll send me a text because he's, he's just getting up there, but don't tell him that. But he's he was a young coaching. at some point he's going to be a head coach, and he's going to be a really, really good head coach.
2: And before we get into talking, we're going to talk a little bit about Keon Brooks and Dante Allen. I know Derek has some mm-hmm. questions about that. And I know you don't know the name Bruiser Flint, but that is the guy that's been reportedly mentioned as replacing KP. I mean, we're now just waiting on it to become official. I know you don't know him, but you did spend a year with John Calipari. And trust is a big thing with Cal. And that that seems like that that's the guy that he goes with because they're familiar. He was with him at UMass. Knowing Coach Cal, how big is trust with Cal, with his staff, with his players, and sort of everyone that's involved with Kentucky basketball? I think it plays one of the biggest
0: parts in, in, in how we move and how we function as a team. Like, if you don't trust everybody that's on the court with you, you have one weak link that doesn't trust, and the whole team is at stake. You know, they, the whole game is compromised if you don't trust. If you don't trust your coaches or you don't trust your scout. What's the point in being out there? So I think, I think, no matter who is hired, Coach Cal is gonna, you know, he's obviously knows who what he's doing and, and who he's gonna bring in. So I think trusting that whoever comes in is gonna do their job at a super high level is something that fans can really look forward to. And the players on the team too, they they know they know Coach Cal, and they know what he does, and who he's about to bring in is about to. Because uh, you can't really, like, re- replace KP. You know, KP is just who he is. But to replace that spot, is, it's a big time. You're filling some big shoes. So I think no matter who comes in, they're going to do a good job.
2: We, we
1: saw a little bit of Keon in particular at the very end of the year. Kind of the last game we, we saw him against Florida it was probably his best game of the season. Um, kind of a two-part question. One, how much potential is there for Keon on the court? But two, even though he's just a sophomore, he's going to be the most returning, he's going to be the guy with the most returning experience this year. And with that, he probably didn't have to lead a whole lot last year, if at all, but this year he's going to be counted to do that. So kind of on that front, what do you think he should expect? um, Leading a team like that? And and then again on the court, what what should the fans expect from him this season?
0: i tell you what, Keon Brooks is about to, he's about to have a huge sophomore year. He's been working so hard since everything happened. And I talked to him the other day on the phone, um, and we, he FaceTimed me, and we were talking, and he's just in such a different spot mentally because he understands what it takes to play college basketball at a high level too. Because in high school it's different. When you get to college, like you you have to adjust. Like you can you can get away with a little bit being a super super athlete that all these guys are, but it takes a little bit of growing up and maturing, and, and a little bit of emotional intelligence too to understand that nobody's out here to get you on your team. Everybody that they – whatever they say is to benefit you. And Keon really took to that at the end of the year, and he was playing like a veteran in college basketball. He wasn't playing like – by the end of the year, everybody was playing like they had been playing for a couple years. And I think he's about to have an unbelievable sophomore year and really, really make a name for himself. So I think fans can expect Keon to – Play a bigger role and understand that he's about to be, he has to lead this team, and he knows that, and he knows what it takes to do that. Um,
1: and then what was the second question again? I don't think you answered it there. I was just uh, being a okay.
0: leader. I, I apologize. I, oh, was, you're good. You're good. I got, got caught up in talking. And I,
2: and I was going to ask you about Dante Allen, but, but before we get into that, the team was able to get on campus this summer. I think June 28th is when they first got there. They were there a month, Mm. and then they took a week break and went home. Now they're back on campus. You arrived at Kentucky with your teammates in June. I think it was early June of 2019. How important is that? Because not every basketball program has been able to get their guys on campus. Going through what you went through last summer at Kentucky and the learning curve, not just from college basketball, but it's a completely different program, the things that Cal expects. How Mm. key was that that they were able to get – the team on campus for a few weeks before the semester begins. I mean you have two returning guys that or one
0: returning who played a lot and then a guy like Dante who's about to come back and, and really play for the first time. So it it it's beneficial to have guys like that come back and then have the whole team come back, even if it's for a month, to learn how hard it is and to learn the little nuances of the game and how to how to read certain situations, how to watch film. I, I think that's a super important thing that I really learned a lot about this year, is just how to watch film, what to watch for. So I think being able to be on campus, get in the weight room with Rob, and, and get on the court eventually is, is something that young kids are, are, are really going to benefit from. And you, it's, it's fast-paced. Coach Cal throws a lot of stuff at you really fast. I mean, expects you to pick up on it because when you become a pro, it's always going to be 2 you're supposed to come in. You're supposed to know everything about basketball. And you have to be able to pick it up. And if you don't, then you're going to struggle. And I think being able to get everybody on campus is is big to to help that.
2: Well, Nate, I think that wraps up everything that we were wanting to talk to you about. Thank you so much. I know I, I texted you yesterday. Sort of we usually when I get you I schedule a few days ahead, but with everything happening with KP, we wanted to bring somebody on that was familiar with him, that was a big and we Derek and I both extremely thankful for you taking time to do this.
0: Oh absolutely. I love I mean I love talking about KP. He's, he's one of my favorite people and uh love being able to, you know, share share any experiences I've ever had with, with you guys. So thank you again for having me. I really appreciate that.
2: No problem. Okay. Best best of luck to you moving forward. Um hopefully wherever you take off professional basketball maybe we can have you back on sometime to uh talk about what you're what you have going on and maybe a little bit of Kentucky basketball as well
0: absolutely sounds good to me guys
2: he's Nate Sistina and you're listening to Kentucky Daily we'll be back with more right after this Welcome back everyone to Kentucky daily as we begin to wrap things up on this episode, Derek, uh, let's start right from the top of this thing. What were your takeaways from that segment with Nate Sistina?
1: Well, obviously, you know, like we expected, he had a lot of great things to say about Kenny. I mean, it's hard really, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus, but I guess like the only guy I'm thinking of, whoever has anything bad to, to say about any of the things that happened at UK was Wendy and Gabriel. But except for that, I mean, kind of along the lines, that's what you would think. Uh, a guy who helped Nate immensely. And you you hear him talking about it now. Now that Kenny's in the NBA, I don't know what's kind of going to happen, but he talks about having a guy like Kenny in your corner. because He knows how hard uh, Nate works. And whatever Nate's path is, uh, you know, we talked about before the podcast started that Nate might've been a guy who would have been in the summer league getting that experience. Even if he didn't make a roster, that's more film for him. That's more um, experience, more work that he can play against guys who have aspirations of being in the NBA. But regardless I'm guessing even though he's doing his workouts out in Vegas, a lot of uh, a lot of this writing is probably going to be on kind of the advice and the, the feedback that some of these teams get from his college coaches. And, and Kenny's going to be a, kind of an invaluable asset for Nate along those lines. I'm not that tonight, by the way. I'm to cut that out.
2: And I think, too, after that interview, you realized that Kenny Payne was – he got paid a lot of money at Kentucky, but he was worth more than what he got paid. Like his – not saying that he – you know, you get what I'm saying there. Like, just yeah. the things that he did, like Nate said, and I asked him, were there some little things that Kenny did that really weren't in his job requirement? And uh, I thought it was funny that Nate mentioned if they work out, he hopes the treadmill is not a part of it. You know, yeah. that, that treadmill has been a documentary. Uh, uh, Big Bertha, I think, is it?
1: Big is that Henry?
2: It? Big Henry. Why would I call yeah. it Big Bertha? Maybe that was – wait, Big Bertha yeah. was our was the thing that we had in high school for football. So maybe that's Eight just PTS maybe that's PTSD <laughs> for me. So uh <laughs> yeah. But uh obviously Big Henry I'm I would have PTSD too if I got on a treadmill after getting on with Kenny Payne, especially after Kyle's story last year with Kevin Knox and all those guys. And uh speaking of the athletic, Derek, there was something that we talked about before we started recording, you know, that Cal uh, a quote on a story on the athletic was that Cal actually was would have said, for, told Kenny to stay and take his spot if he knew that he was leaving soon. And I think that was something you were wanting to bring up on last night's episode. That, you know, Kenny might have been inclined to stay if he'd known that maybe the time was coming that Cal would have maybe two or three, maybe four years at Kentucky. But I think, I think maybe that tells us Cal's going to be around a lot longer than maybe he planned initially.
1: Yeah, exactly. I meant to bring that up that maybe if you're someone who, very much enjoys John Calipari and what he's done at UK, then you could take that as a good sign that he's not really planning to go anywhere. But if you're asking me, you know, in 2009, what the odds were, if you give me like a year over under on Cal's time at UK, I probably would have taken like the under at like even six years. You know what I'm saying? I don't think back then. I mean, I'm thinking back to 2009. Did anybody think Cal would be at UK that long? I mean, as long as he has been there. I don't think so. I mean, I think kind of the. No. The whole idea of him was that he would be here for a few years, and people always kind of talked about that NBA itch. It was the only spot really in his professional career where he was, you know, if you want to call it a failure, I mean, call it what you want. It's the only job he was ever fired from. So I think at this point in his career, he's never going back to the NBA. And, um No. If you want to be a coach, there's no better job than the one he has right now. He's got a lifetime contract, which more or less just means that his job security is like at 100%. And yeah. He's only 61. I mean, that's one thing to point out. I mean, he got guys old, – holds Coach K and Roy Williams. Those guys are in their 70s. I mean, if he is a guy who wanted to do that, you're talking about another 10 years even. And even at that point, he's not a crazy old coach in college basketball. I mean, 71 is getting up there in age, but it's easily doable for another five to six years. And I can understand – If you're in Kenny Payne's shoes, and maybe it's appealing to you that you could be the head coach in waiting. But at that point, Kenny's going to be, what, nearing 60 himself. So maybe he thought this would be a a better opportunity to to advance in his career. If that's the case, I can't blame him.
2: Yeah, and, you know, Cal's a healthy guy. As as far as we know, I mean, he seems pretty healthy. He's on the treadmill and stuff himself uh, working out. So who knows, maybe another decade of John Calipari at Kentucky, uh, Bruiser Flint. We still don't know the official word on him, but as soon as that breaks, we will have something together for you all listening to this episode. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for continuing to listen to Kentucky Daily. I I get texts now from people saying, hey, I listened to the podcast. I got a couple of Twitter uh, DMs over the last 24 hours saying that they listened to the podcast for the first time. So, Derek, uh, I know you and I are both very appreciative of that, and we're starting this thing from the ground up just with both our brands that we have, with our – with our work at you at Catspaws and me with Go Big Blue Country. And we're just going to keep pushing and grinding and just uh, moving towards the college football season, hopefully, fingers crossed. And we'll have some more updates on that as that becomes available. Uh, But this has been Episode 4 of Kentucky Daily. We'll see you tomorrow.